Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie, joined by a familiar group of faces and voices here tonight from all over the country. We got my, I guess, no, I shouldn't say my co-host, the co-host, Perry Eisner, coming at us from North Carolina. What's going on, man? I'll be your co-host any day, Carter. You can, <laughs> you can claim me, I'll claim you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Anybody who's helped me shoot a turkey while I was taking a shit, leaning up against the tree. <laughs> I've earned that title. I've, I've earned it. Screw Luke. I'm your co-host now. <laughs> that's, that's right. We've gone through some stuff together. Uh, coming at us from Montana. It's been a while. Tyler Jensen, what's going on, man? It's been a while, guys. How's it going? And uh, you're returning successful from a spring bear hunt, not to spoil yeah. the entire <laughs> story, cool. but... I was stoked to see that, man. That was awesome. Pretty excited. Can't wait to share the uh, details. Heck yeah, man. That was awesome. And then bringing it up from the Southwest, from New Mexico, Taos, New Mexico, Luke Martinez. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's going on, guys? Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. I uh, Totally aside from what we're going to talk about tonight, but for the Hunt, Lift, Eat book club, the book of uh, – the book of the month right now. Fuck, let me pull it up. Empire of the Summer Moon was talking about Taos today when I was on my run. And I was getting a little background to uh, Taos and when the Comanche used to run that part of New Mexico, Luke. So I thought of you. Yeah, yeah. So they're actually my wife's from the Pueblo that used to fight the Comanches um, and, and all that history. Because there's a big – there's so much history in this little town. It's it's crazy. But, yeah, they're, uh, I'm actually reading the Empire – and uh i just got past that point and it's it's pretty cool like the the history that's around here pretty insane yeah it's amazing man and we could do a whole damn podcast on that don't get me started but yeah i had to mention that uh but cool guys we're talking uh western hunting tips we got uh two experts and we got two rookies on here myself included in the latter category to uh, give people some tips now that tags have been allocated and folks are starting to dial in their hunts for the fall, hopefully. And, you know, hopefully you have a tag in your pocket, maybe more than one. Uh, Hopefully you haven't been heartbroken by the draw results and uh, we're gearing up for what's going to happen. So uh, Tyler, you want to, you want to kick us off tonight? Sure. Yeah. I'll kick you guys off. Um, So with this year, it's kind of different. Normally I'm, I'm I'm all about, driving to spots and glassing and, and, and getting your feet on the ground, which I think is also good. But um, with the gas prices the way they are this year, I think there's a lot of tools out there that you can use to uh, kind of scout the area with obviously having to put your boots on the ground. So like, you know, Onyx, Go Hunt, there's even e-scouting courses through Treeline Support uh, Pursuit. Um, what I do normally this year, I didn't draw, I drew an antelope tag, but it's a archery tag only and I have my spots but for the most part when it comes to elk like I have my spots but when I'm looking at new spots I look at you know lower elevation looking on the map for water sources looking for you know most of of the onyx and gohan maps if you zoom in on a lot of stuff you actually see wallows Um, so I'll try to pinpoint those and be more uh, efficient as to where I'm going instead of just kind of being like oh here's a trailhead let me just meander through the woods that's the biggest thing for me this year because gas is over $5 a gallon and I don't drive a Prius. So I'm going to need to, uh, 
hopefully not have to refinance my house just to go hunting this year, but that'll be fun. So yeah, the big thing is just uh, e-scouting, you know, get real familiar with how to use those apps, download maps beforehand in spots that you think you're going to go because you can use them without any self-service and with your phone on airplane mode. So, um, you know, we just have this funny little thing we call a phone in our pocket, but um, there's just a lot of tools nowadays with the outdoor industry that we can utilize from sitting at a nice comfy couch at your home. You know, I'll be out in Montana this fall meeting up with you, Tyler, hopefully chasing a, a couple deer with you. Um, I currently have a Prius reserved in Billings uh, for our November deer hunt. So is, are you telling me that's like, that's, that's not a good move. I should probably, I should probably change that up. Well, it's funny is that a buddy and I were talking yesterday and we thought about buying a Prius and uh, lifting it a little bit. And then just writing on the side, like aspiring hunting douches on there and then just put like a roof rack or whatever. <laughs> I mean, hey, I think when everybody cool else if Prius, if Prius makes a four wheel drive, dude, I'm so into that. That'd be so funny. Yeah, dude. When other <laughs> folks run out of gas, you can just zip on by them in your little go-kart. But it definitely <laughs> needs to have the, the sit cup camel on it. Oh, for sure, dude. I don't know how much a Prius can haul. So maybe we'll just shoot a bunch of does instead of like big bulls, but at least it'll look cool. Yeah. You got to gut them beforehand for sure. I love it, man. That's a really good tip. Um, that kind of ties into what you're going to talk about, Luke. So hit us with some wisdom from New Mexico. Yeah, so like building building off of the the e scouting, which is is awesome. Like I, I use, even though I, I hunt a particular area here in northern New Mexico, and uh, I've been trying to hunt other units, but I just keep drawing unit forty nine. And um, even though I know the unit so good, I use I use e scouting still. I'll, I'll check for new new water holes and and I'll just talk to to people around the area and even if you're out of town if you find find somebody who hunts that area through social media there's a bunch of elk forums and stuff is um, get a couple pointers on where to go and get out there and just just um, one of my favorite things to do even in this unit that I know if I see a little logging road that I don't know where it comes out I'll jump out and go for a hike and see where it goes. More than likely, you're going to find a new watering hole that's a little spring where nobody else is taking the time to go see. So you're just getting out there and learning your unit. And and I know as the, the seasons change, so like by, by the end of July, I would think that's a good time to know where you plan on going on opening day. Uh, especially if it's an archery season. I mean, maybe a little later if you're hunting rifle in October, November. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but my, my tip is just getting out there, learning the area. And I, I know a lot of people aren't as, as fortunate as I am to live. I was telling you guys earlier, I could hunt four different units from the front door of my house. It's a 30-minute drive to each unit. So... If you're if you're going to to especially if you're coming from out east, try to link up with somebody, get a couple waypoints, and just get out there, walk around, explore as much as you can. And nothing beats being out there. You ain't, you ain't gonna kill nothing sitting on your couch. So get out there, learn the area. You'll probably walk into some areas and realize like shit, there's no water here. The map looks like it looks good, but you get out there there's no vegetation it's just not 
not good terrain for the elk or, or whatever you're hunting. Yeah, like like just get out there is is my biggest thing and and learn the area, talk to locals. There's there's a lot of resources on social media now. Um, I, I like I, I think here on HLE everybody there's probably at least one person from each state, so you might be able to reach out there. Or, or the Al Hunting Forum. I know New Mexico has one. Colorado has one. There's a ton of resources, but nothing beats getting out there getting getting some some miles on the trail and just for lack of better terms get lost somewhere where you don't know by the time you get out of there you're gonna know that area yeah i think that's a really good tip man and that really ties into kind of what you and tyler are saying and boots on the ground is fantastic and having a backup plan is also fantastic and you know the name of the game is working the problem you don't want to show up day one boots on the ground in that unit or area or whatever Colorado calls them management unit, whatever they call them. Uh, you don't want to show up there blind. That's, that's like a recipe for disaster there. Um, so e-scouting or boots on the ground, hard to beat. Now, yeah. And, and like I, like I was saying, nothing beats being out there, but if you don't have the chance to get out there, um, especially rifle hunts, they're only seven days long. Don't, if, if you don't make the time and put in the effort before your hunt, don't be upset if you're in a unit that's known for killing 380 bulls and you don't get nothing. You you get what you put in, basically. So put in the work. You will be successful eventually. Yeah, well said, man. What do you got for us this week, Perry? Yeah, I got a, just a couple of quick tips, both of which are taken from my um, – limited, you know, Western experience. I, I made my first two trips out West last year and learned a ton from both of those. And I, I think you kind of, um, you know, Tyler and Luke have hit on it and, and you kind of said it well, Carter there, you don't want to go in blind. Right. And so for me coming from North Carolina, going out West, it would have been very easy to, to, you know, go in blind. Um, but there's a couple things that, that you can do if you find yourself in that situation going out West for the first time. The first thing that I would say is, do your absolute best to see if you can find a mentor or someone that has some experience um, to go with, you know, talk to your buddies, look, you know, look around in, in your social media networks. If that first trip that you take out West can be tagging along with someone who has some experience, it will just make that learning curve so much faster. And so for me last year, the first trip was Colorado, Eastern Colorado uh, for antelope with, uh, with Luke, Luke Cox and Luke's by no means an experienced Western hunter, but he had a few antelope hunts under his belt. He had been to this unit that we were going at. Um, he spent a few days there, spent, you know, a lot of miles, uh, boots on the ground, like Luke said, spent a lot of time scouting out the region. Um, and some of the, some of the other nearby units, uh, to Tyler's point. And, and he had a pretty, pretty good feel. And so when I got out there, even though we only had three days to hunt, um, we, we had a ton of action. Uh, we, I, I wasn't successful in getting an antelope. I shot at one, missed it, but we had a really good hunt. I learned a ton and it, it was, uh, it was, it was very educational in that regard. It was the same deal in Idaho. We went, um, with, with a buddy Trent, he was an experienced elk hunter and having his experience to lean on made all the difference. He was familiar with the unit. Um, he knows how the animals move. It was a completely you know, foreign world to Evan and I, and and it's just it, it's one of those deals where if, if you if you don't have that experience, 
and we, we've talked about it ad nauseum, but I just want to hammer it home. Do your, do your best to find someone that, that knows the lay of the land or knows the species that you're going after and try to try to tag along with them. Um, and then the other thing is, is just to get familiar with the area, not, not just the, the scouting portion that Tyler and Luke hit on, but also what to expect for the time of year that you're going to be there. Um, I didn't really know what Eastern Colorado was going to look like in early October. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be cold yet, if it was going to be warm days and cold nights. Um, you know, Idaho was was late November. I figured it would be cold, but I wasn't really sure how cold. I wasn't really sure the elevation at first. So, you know, figured out, okay, what's the closest town we're going to be in? Where's the, you know, where's the, where's the unit? What's the average elevation? What's the highest elevation? What's the seasonal temperatures like? What's the, you know, the average um, low and high, what's the, the record low and high, just so you kind of build out, you know, a, an idea in your head of what to expect, know what gear to pack, know what kind of, you know, clothing you're going to need, all those different things. Um, because again, going in blind is is not the, not the way to do it. So you just want to give yourself every opportunity to be prepared when it comes time to make that, that trip. Yeah, that's a really good tip. And Tyler has informed me that it's going to be, uh, quite frigid in November when we're chasing deer in Montana and to be uh, prepared for that. Yeah, there ain't going to be no sweet Georgia winter time. You better not be a little <laughs> bitch and try to cuddle me all the goddamn time. Because I'll cuddle you back. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, I, it, it was this, man, Idaho was, it was, I mean, I'm used to cold weather, but it was just, you know, I, I bought an extra pair of puffy pants. Um, just for that trip, just because I wanted to make sure. I mean, hell, Carter, take take the puffies I gave you. Oh, those puffies are already they're being laid out right now. With my, I'm doing a gear layout, and those puffies are front and center. And uh, those are the greatest gift I, I have ever received, and that you have <laughs> ever received, probably Perry. <laughs> it was a yeah, it was quite the gift. F- funny little little side story there. Uh, I ordered so so again. I was I was prepping for the Idaho hunt. I figured out that it was, you know, likely going to be pretty stinking cold in November. Um, I knew we were going to be a ton of walking, but I also figured we'd be doing a lot of sitting glassing. I was like, I'm going to get me a pair of puffies. I never had one, never had a pair, never needed them in Southwest Virginia. And so uh, I ordered this pair of puffies from a, well, it's an undisclosed company. We'll just leave it at that. I ordered one pair of puffies and dude, no joke. They sent me five pairs and these are, you know, these are, it's probably it's like not $1,400 worth of puffy pants. Dude, it was a shit ton of puffy pants. And I was like, Send me some, you fuck. <laughs> well, I was like, what do I do? So I, dude, I said, <laughs> fucking Luke got a pair. Evan got a pair. Carter got a pair. Derek got a pair. <laughs> They're all gone now, Tyler. Sorry, man. I didn't know you then, but yeah, needless to say, handful of the team members got a, got a free pair of puffies. So appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, puffies are such a great – I was so anti-puffy for the longest time because you'd see people like in Patagonia puffies. I'm just like, oh, my God, you guys are such douchebags. I was so against them. And then uh, I think I was at a party one time and my buddies like had this puffy. I was like, let me get, let me give that a try. And it was so warm. So the next day I went and bought one from Kuyu. And like, man, I'll tell you what, for the most part, I hunt in like a long sleeve shirt, 
and then a puffy and then i have like a fleece orange uh vest and that's all i hunt in and that puffy is money and if it gets too hot i take it off real quick and just pack it in my bag lightweight good to go yep. and then if, like you said if you're sitting down and it's cold throw that thing on and you're chilling you're perfectly fine yeah yeah so that's what i got man find find someone that has some experience if you can it's a game changer and uh, just know what to expect, not only with the lay of the land, but with your, you know, with your temperatures, with your, your altitudes, all of that, because it's a, it's a different world out there. And the more information you can get, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff, man. And that kind of ties into, I guess, my tip this week. And like I said, I'm doing gear layout, layout right now, um, which is a little, maybe a little preemptive, but I'm on summer break. I'm not working right now. So what else am I going to do? So I'm laying out my gear, prepping for this Montana trip, which is all I can think about. Um, and, you know, I guess my tip this week is look at your gear and see what needs to be upgraded. What are you missing? Um, what worked really well from last year that, you know, is good to go? What can you improve on? Because um, you shouldn't be sitting on your gear and, you know, you should always be seeking to improve. Um and, you know, gear gets expensive really quickly, especially good gear. And I had to start off with less than great gear and kind of work my way up through bits and pieces. And my camo will never match ever unless I start making a lot of money all of a sudden. Um, so look at what you can, uh, what really needs to be improved. Like were your feet really cold last summer? All right, let's look at boots. Let's look at socks. Um, what was, you know, what could make you a little more comfortable in camp? Um, I just bought a great new tripod per the recommendation of Caleb Bell. The company is S-I-R-U-I. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Surui. How would you pronounce this, Perry? Surui. Yeah, do you know that company? Do y'all know that company? No, but that's how I'd pronounce <laughs> Never. it. Never. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So I've got a new tripod, a uh, lot of, you know, different attachments to have. So it can be used for filming, for glassing, for binos, for spotting scope, uh, attachment for a rifle, um, versatile. And I'm also looking at upgrading my bino harness. Um, so my, I don't have to run around with my rangefinder in my cargo pocket, like a fucking jabroni on the, on the plains of Wyoming. And so I can have it next to my binos right there. So looking at TNK and, other companies like that. So look at what needs to be upgraded um, and where you can improve on your gear um, and then start piecing it together like that. That's, that's my tip this week. Yeah, that's, that's a good one for sure. And on that note, you know, look at what you may be able to leave behind. I mean, you've got a couple of Western trips under your belt, Carter, you know, obviously by no means an expert yet, but you know, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some things that you took, the first couple of years thinking, you know, this would be an essential. And then you realize you don't use it for six, seven days in a row. And it's like, maybe I could have left this at home. I mean, that's another part of it. So it's like I said, always be improving that gear and, and just goes to show, I mean, the, you know, I think the take home message of, from all of us is just do everything you can to prepare, whether you're an experienced Western hunter or, or you know, a rookie like us. I mean, these are the Western system is completely different. These are short seasons. These are um, hard to come by tags and a lot of, in a lot of cases and you want to do everything you can to give yourself the best opportunity for success. hundred percent, man. I love that. Let's, uh, let's go around the horn here and see if anybody has any words of wisdom before we close this one out. Tyler, you got anything for us? 
Yeah, I would say if you're if you're going to get into like big western hunting, um, you know, you don't really see too many guys hunting out of tree stands out here. So with with the gear talk, you know, boots are essential. Um, I like Kenetrek boots. It's just what my feet like. Um, I know that like, you know, some guys like crispy or whatever style, find the boot that you love to be in, that you are comfortable in and invest the extra money to get the, you know, the custom insoles too. I, once I did that on my Kenetrek boots and got the custom insoles, um, I have yet to have a blister and like having bad feet in the mountains is going to ruin your hunt, whether you've killed one already, or you haven't even gotten to the spot where you want to go. And I know for me, like if my feet start to get pretty banged up, like you can't move as much, you don't get to see as much territory. There's potential. You don't get to see as many animals. So my biggest gear that I would recommend looking at is, is shoes or boots and, you know, do upgrade the, the insoles. I've, like I said, I've upgraded the insoles to the custom ones. I went to a foot doctor and if you're a veteran, you can go to your VA and they will hook it up for you. So that's my two cents on Western shit. Love it, man. Luke, you got any closing thoughts for us? Just uh, ch- challenge yourself. Um, that's what I've been doing these past couple years is, is applying for areas that I've never hunted before. Um, that way I can learn some some different area. I've been hunting this one spot um, since my dad was taking me at three years old for the past basically 30 years. So now I'm challenging myself to find find different areas because there's a lot of places to hunt here in the West. And challenge yourself. Don't get stuck. Don't pigeonhole yourself to one unit. Find somewhere else. Challenge yourself because there's always bigger and better animals somewhere else. So get out there and find them. And I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but I just want to throw this out there real quick. Go Avalanche. (laughs) (laughs) Sports. Sports, dude. Sports. Go Avalanche. Uh, Perry, you got anything for us? Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on what Luke said, which is, um, you know, challenge yourself. I, I used to – I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, Carter, but I think it's worth saying again, is I used to – I kind of had this notion that Western hunting was was something that was, you know, kind of kind of unattainable for for an Eastern boy or, or was like a more of a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing, you know, something that was, you know, extremely um, just complicated and, and, you know, would, would involve all these things. And don't get me wrong, some of the different systems out there are very complicated, but the reality is this is – these are attainable hunts. Um, there's, there's over the counter tags, there's, there's lotteries that you can put in for that, you know, don't cost that much, um, for a non-resident. There's, there's point systems that are, um, fairly friendly to, to non-residents. And so if you're an Eastern hunter, you know, just do your research. Like Luke said, challenge yourself, um, do your homework, find a mentor, uh, and, and take that first Western trip because it's, it really is. Uh, it, it's kind of a, you know, it'll open your eyes to a whole new style of hunting. Um, that's, that's honestly very attainable. And, uh, it's, it's something I wish I'd done sooner, but I'm just, I'm kind of glad to be talking about Western hunting now. It's fun. Heck yeah, man. It's the best, greatest thing in the world. So go do it if you never have. Well, gents, thanks for joining this week. Appreciate the heck out of uh, y'all's experience and your advice here. Thanks for, thanks for having us. This is, I think this is my second podcast and i'd love to be on more sorry i had to ditch you last week for the the archery tuesday tips but i was not well (laughs) all good man we'll get you on more 
Uh, we'll get you on more. I'm the right guy to talk to, so we'll make it happen. But I appreciate you guys. And uh, listeners, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. And we'll talk to you next week.